Greetings, ladies and metalgents, and welcome to this latest rendition of Tales from Outer Space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And as always, I hope that you enjoy, and if you do, please consider supporting the channel. Now, on to the science fiction. Story number one. Why No One Invades Terran Space, written by Imitated Self. Transcript excerpt from Meeting 1056.342 of the Hegemonic Council. They control over two dozen prime worlds and over a thousand outposts, mining operations, and factories on some of the most resource-rich worlds in the galaxy, many of which have almost no supply or direct support from the main Terran space. Some of them are hardly even staffed at operational levels. Jorik almost screamed the last part. The inefficiency of the humans would have been seen as a great insult in Core 1, where order and efficiency were almost an art form. Although their people of Core were comparatively late to the galactic stage, their people and planet boasted the fastest known ascent from intelligence to faster-than-light drive in the galaxy. A large, rooty creature spoke. The council has already decided. The humans are not profitable acquisition targets. Although we respect the insights you have given the council, especially on the mining colonies of Eurus. Production is up 240% in two cycles, interjected Corm. Yes, as I was saying, we value your insight. But at this juncture, you'll not find any support amongst the council. Maldus finished. It was almost as if he had already had this conversation. And given his age of nearly 900 cycles, he may have been one of the few council which could have. Jorik continued undeterred. The humans are vulnerable, ripe for acquisition, with more valuable resources than the Trollobites, more habitable worlds than the Yuntil, and without even the defenses of the lowest, most worthless Trunk Hive world. It is not just these facts that I use to argue the case for it is undeniable that they have tremendous military might, but they use it to fight amongst themselves. Now all the races that have come through the Great Filter, humans are ones of the few which has not unified. They have not even come to peace with themselves. They remain broken, splintered, and stuck in endless wars. According to calculations, some of the smaller outposts may even be taken without even garnishing notice from the Terrans with any power to act. Jorik, if you were speaking of any other race, you would likely have the full support of the council. But the Terrans are, well, different. They are amongst the first to reach space. Yet, unlike most species, they did not wait until after the filter. They sent out generational ships for thousands of years before the discovery of FTL, and are the only known race to have settled an extrasolar colony before such a technology was achieved. It is the reason they claim such prime worlds and resources without ever conquering others. Maldus paused for a moment. The next part was always the trickiest for newcomers to the council to understand, and care had to be taken. The human history has been almost unique amongst all the races in the galaxy, and as you no doubt already know, we have an entire codex of special regulations for dealing with in and through Terran space. Humanity is best left to its own devices. 
Did you know that within six cycles of trading for food replicator technology, the humans had already re-engineered the technology to make organic weapons? Maldus, even though Kor has only passed the filter recently, do not think that we are naive or innocent. Their history has been analyzed. Their calculations have been run. We've seen other warlike species. It only makes them weaker, susceptible to infighting and conquest by division. This is a playbook we used on the tracks, the Salonians, and even the Thrum. Yet, when it comes to the humans, we are in fear and deny those stratagems which have worked in the past. Gaul will not stand by simply, because that is how it has always been. Indeed, it has already been determined that Kor alone has enough power to take at least 15% of human assets with little risk. The acquisitions have already started, and soon you'll see how the council will be elevated above the Sintra Federation, the Old Star Alliance, and even the Progenitor Worlds. Jorik basked in the uncertainty and horror that he saw in the faces amongst his colleagues. They would soon see the core analytics could elevate the council to be one of the strongest forces in the galaxy. And ultimately, the core would be the ones to wield that power. At Endem, the council officially voted against the core proposal. However, the core homeworld merely recalculated its plans and continued with revised timeline, requiring almost no resources from the hegemony. Personal log of Grand Principal Jurk, former ambassador of the Hegemotic Council, Lord Primaris of Core and Overseer Class 6. They are making Planet 4 now. I can see the trails of smoke left by what remains of the orbital defenses. Six weeks. It only took them six weeks. Everything was going according to plan. We had taken three mining facilities on the outer western arm and another seven abandoned production facilities around the edge of humanity's influence. The targets were carefully selected to prey on the weakest factions, those with barely enough power to manage their own holdings, much less fight off external threats. The acquisitions should have called factions to collapse and be overtaken by other factions, leaving no one to even contest the core occupation. Even now, I am unsure of what happened, what caused our calculations to be off. If I remember, I had just finalized a worker rotation for our new facility, Lord Argus Major, when I heard about the first attack from the human colonies in the Rigelian Cluster. The Rigelian Cluster! They were not even involved with any of the factions from whom we had acquired new assets. They weren't even on the same side of the galaxy. Man, yet somehow... A fleet of Rigelian battlecruisers and escorts flew 16 days through the enemy territory of seven other human factions to launch an attack. However, unexpected the setback was. At the time, I remember being unconcerned. It was, of course, concerning that an event with such a low probability even took place. But the recalculated scenarios determined that the Rigelian cluster had spent a vast amount of military power to undertake the attack and it was projected that at least four factions around the cluster were now in position to make significant advances on Rigelian space. But that never came to pass. I had been over the calculations myself. I had to amend the programs to even determine how unlikely the event which unfolded were. Over the next six weeks, attack on almost all core assets and recorded from a dozen human factions. Not only that, but reports indicate 26 separate peace treaties were formed amongst humanity's factions. 
In the seven cycles before that, only two peace treaties were made. How were we to predict that humanity would coalesce? And now, reports are coming in that humanity has driven out the defense forces from the eastern continent. In less than a cycle, they will assault this palace. I am running the simulation again. Maybe I missed something. Maybe a parameter was wrong. Oh, it must have been our information. Even now, as I look at the sensor reports from the orbital docks, it appears that the human fleet fly flags of over thirty human factions, many of whom were fighting each other only months ago. The humans must have corrupted our data. If not, the humans would be attacking each other rather than us. That must be it. Even so, the projected survival of core is only calculated by revised simulations. Perhaps, uh, perhaps the council was right. We should have amended our programs. Log found by Occupation Unit 6 after battle for core. End of story. Story number two. Humans are cute until they aren't. Written by Mariessa Mist. It's very common for other races to find humans cute, as the adults are only half the size of even the shortest girling. They are small, normally smell alright, and are always doing something bizarre and crazy, much like children. So it is only natural when they joined the fold of the universe, we took them in, much like children. We felt superior, as if we must guide and protect these humans, especially from themselves. Our race, in particular, is very close to humans. We practically thought of the humans as adorable children, and many of our female kind take to becoming a nursery teachers for them, as we find them ever so adorable. We actively try to make sure all ships have one as well, not only for their cuteness, but their amazing problem-solving skills and humorous mistakes helps pass the boring voyages. Humans were always watched wherever they went. They were surprisingly innovative in their designs and technology. It was much like handing a child a toy race car and coming back an hour later to find that they turned it into a remote control car. How, you have no idea, but they looked so happy that you can't bring yourself to say, uh, why did you do this? Well, we should have. When the Solmoni came, they attacked our planet. We thought that we were dead. A race so powerful and advanced, we expected to have no chance. Still, we aided our alien friends to safety and tried to hold them off. We pleaded for the aid of the mighty Zamaga. Alas, they were fighting to protect their territories. We resigned ourselves to death and prayed our people, the little that we could fit into the colony fleet, could run far enough to survive. Somehow, in the chaos, the humans were alerted. They sent an enemy one single word. And only once. Run. But the aliens did not heed their warnings. And so the humans came. And within an hour, the ships threatening us lay in wreckage and scraps. We watched a video stream transmitted to the whole galaxy as humans wiped them from our home sectors. It would have been stunning, but never terrifying if they had stopped there. No, they did not stop. They sent a single ship to the galaxy, my friends. The ship went to the middle of its worlds. Then it booked it from the galaxy. Why? Were their armaments too hard to defeat? When it left, they sent a single message to the enemy. Once again. Surrender! End of story.
And that, my friends, concludes this video. I hope that you enjoyed, and if you do, please consider supporting the author, even by popping over and leaving a thumbs up or a nice comment just to show your appreciation for the story. However, if you wish to support this channel, there are links down below which will help immensely. I will see you all in the next one, and until then, I hope that you have a fantastic day. Cheers.